0: All right, everybody. Welcome into another episode of Silver Lining Podcast. I'm Adam. Uh, along with me, always is my uncle Rex. Some of you like to call him Grunkle. Um, we t- this podcast is kind of cool. We have Trish with us, who is an optimist, and I love that we get to get to know our optimist and talk to him. Um, and Trish had made a post on these the Facebook group, which I'm again, if you haven't joined the Facebook group. I think it is amazing There's a lot of great people, a lot of great uh, things in there, uh, posts that can help a lot of people on a daily basis. Um, and because of uh, Trish's host, uh, Rex and I's attention, also we got an email from her, and I felt like, you know, and Rex and I were talking about, it, like, we like to get to know our, our optimist and like to know, you know, what your story is, and you kind of have... Some links to some of the podcasts that Rex and I have already discussed on this uh, on a previous podcast. Um, maybe some some things that you can add to that. So, Trish, first of all, welcome into the uh, podcast.
1: Thank you very much. I'm happy to be here.
0: Love your glasses, by the way. Those are amazing. Yeah. Yes, I
1: need. I
2: to get a pair of those. You yes. never say that about my glasses. <laughs> no, you added before we even get started, and we promised Trish to give you a chance to talk, but I want to say something about the post she made on Facebook. She had written us a letter, and then she made the post on Facebook saying, Hey, does anyone know when Rex and Adam get to these, I'm feeling a little vulnerable here? And two things I want to point out about that post. I told Trish I would do this. Um, I told her ahead of time. things I think you want to point out, that's our biggest fear, is someone... You know, sends us an email, we just can't get to all the comments, and sometimes even the email. And lately, we Adam and I have both been slammed. Usually, one or the other of us is slammed. Um, but that's that's our fear. So we're so glad that she put the post up, and we saw that, and could get back. But the other thing I want to say, and more importantly, that post had so much love and support from the Optimist Express. Not from you and I, she's pointing out, hey, Rex and Adam haven't gotten back to me yet. But the other optimists came in and were so loving and supportive. That's what we love about this community. The whole community is is like that. So thank you for that. And a tribute to Trish, first of all, for being vulnerable enough to do that follow-up post and for all the love and support she got.
1: I did get a lot of love and support and I'm so grateful for that. I, I, that really touched me. So.
0: Well, so first of all, how did you hear about her podcast? When did you join the Facebook group? Like, Give us that before we get into the, all the other things that we were going to mention about, you know, things that we've talked about in our podcast.
1: Um, I have watched since the beginning. I don't remember how, how I found it. I really don't. Um, but it was right from the beginning and I just, have fallen in love with you guys and the community i found the group probably um a couple of weeks after it, it started so um but yeah i've been on that and it's just been amazing to see the positivity and the love that come from this community it's it's awesome yeah it really is well
0: first of all like rick said thank you for actually making um a post and uh you know being vulnerable we've had a few that feel like look um, Rex and I started this as a healing thing for us and also to get information of what to put in our book. That was like, really, that was our focus. And so many things have come from this. Um, and some of it has been optimists who have, you know, held things in for a long period of time or had something they had to go through in life and, and felt like they wanted to say it. So with with your experience and things that you are reaching out to uh, Rex and I about, let's just chit chat. I I I think this is a very unprofessional chit chat podcast. So I, I Rex and I just like to sit and talk. So let's talk. So <laughs> what's what's on your mind, or what kind of things uh, are, are where you want to talk about?
1: Um, I I have a like a few things. I I do want to tell a little bit of my story. Um, but I first of all I um. I was in St. Anthony at the time that Julie Rose books were really popular in Visions of Glory. Like they just I mean, it they, it exploded in that area. I don't okay. know why really.
2: Um but yeah. I For those that don't know, Trish, Saint Anthony, Idaho, okay. right there by Rexford where where Chad lived. Oh, okay.
1: Yeah, he lived uh, about four miles from me. Um as I read Julie Rose books, um, I learned that Chad was the publisher, and I read everything about him and really wanted to meet him. And I know people are cringing, I don't, and I don't blame you. But um, I, when I got Julie's third book, um, I just started feeling really weird about it, and I, I prayed about it and the answer I got was just be careful. And so I I didn't read that third book. I distanced myself from everything. I had never heard of Lori's and Chad's stuff, weird stuff. Um, and I know I wouldn't have, have believed that kind of stuff or, you know, you hope you wouldn't, but I did drink a little of the Kool-Aid, you know, like I was telling Rex, it was out of a sippy cup and not a fire hose, but but I had a taste. Mm -hmm. Um, I did believe in Visions of Glory. Um, Not 100%, but it was very compelling. And a lot of friends were reading it. we talk about it a lot in um, Julie Rose books, especially. So um, I I did drink some of the Kool-Aid.
2: Trish, I know this is fascinating for a lot of people, hearing from someone who was actually there in the early days sipping the kool-aid tell us why tell us what was so compelling about it oh gosh i know i know part of it as you said is kind of peer pressure everyone's talking about it it's the latest thing but what about it made drew you to it
1: um i love near-death experiences (laughs) so i i had first read one about a guy in um idaho falls it's just a short one. It's called The Message. And that I, I, it talks about the things that are happening in the spirit world, which is what I like. Um, I like just kind of want to know, you know, I just want to have some inkling of what happens when we're with our family again or, you know, on the other side. And um, I enjoyed that book. Then I came across Visions of Glory a few years later and it talked about some of those things, but then it really went into, uh, what was going to happen like the apocalypse kind of thing and because I, I kind of was fell into the beginning of the story which is what was happening to him once he passed away um, or yeah or was in a coma I don't remember it's been a while since I've read it but I, um, I just I found that really interesting that in, in Julie Rowe's book, she talks about the same things. So I remember more of Julie Rowe's books because I read them more recent than Visions of Glory. But it talked, Visions of Glory talked about um, the things that would happen to us and how the tribulations that would come, um, that we'd all go live in these tent cities in the mountains or um, be being translated while still on earth, you know, having that process um happen while we're still mortal so i wonder if that's where Lori's um idea of her being immortal comes definitely from for why i believe from visions of glory because it does talk about the stronger you the more enlightened you are and the more spiritual you are the quicker you translate So So, I got
0: I got questions about this Visions of Glory book because obviously yes Lori she was all in on that like you she was curious about near death experiences she read another near death experience with Eddie or Betty Edie Uh, she had one so she was there were several books that she read that were near death experiences and curiosity we all are kind of curious when you die what happens where you go how is it gonna work. Um, and so I, I, understand that curiosity and then this visions of glory. And then Julie Rose, like, here's what's going to happen and at the tents and all, I get that that's interesting to people, um, that you that you can drink some of that Kool-Aid and be like, oh, I'm curious to see if this is really what it is or whatever. Yeah. Um, so then you, you're on that path. You didn't know who Chad was, but then you, um, you said at some point you wanted to, to meet him. Did you ever read any of Chad's books?
1: No, I didn't have access to him. And I think that's why I didn't. Um, But I heard that his were fiction based on his near-death experience.
0: Okay.
1: So I did find it also interesting, Um, but I never did read his books and I'm really glad I didn't, you know, but that's,
0: so you, you, so you went down on that path, you drank a little bit of that Kool-Aid, but you're saying if you would have been stuck around and been part of a, a group, you would have known at some point you would have been like, okay, this is, but Lori and Chad never really talked about their crazy plan with anybody else, but just a few people you think, or right.
1: I think a secret? Oh, yeah. I really hadn't heard of, I'd never heard of Lori. Um or Chad being together or like I didn't know any of that until the kids were missing and, and things started coming out that way I found out with the community um, but I uh, or oh, was I going to go with that
2: Um, well, sorry but while you're getting that tell us more about the community response to finding this out because it's not like everyone knew Chad and or Lori in the community you found mm-hmm. then and so, what's community response? Hey, these people live here. Kids are missing, and they start finding out the story. What is that response for those that didn't know them directly?
1: Oh, for, for not knowing them, it was just this crazy story, and I was like shocked that I'm seeing Chad Daybell on the news like this. You know, with, with Nate, Nate's interview in Hawaii, or not interview, but him catching them up, catching up with them. Um, I was just like, there is no way he did this because I thought of him a different way just from what I had read on his own website, of course. So um, that he was this in and involved with Julie Rowe. Um, I, I know the community was, was shocked. I don't think he, I don't know if he was well known in the community, not to my knowledge. Um, In fact, Oh yes he was of course because they had that big conference that I wanted to go to in 2017 I believe so yeah he was he was known in Rexburg especially they had it at the Tabernacle in Rexburg um it it's not sold out but there was there were no seats available um and again I'm really glad that I that that wasn't part of my journey so hindsight hindsight yeah.
0: funny so at what point did you think that Julie Rowe has gone off the deep end or did did you, did you, or do you still follow her or I know she's still around and she's excommunicated from the church and I don't know if church members still follow her or not or.
1: Not to my knowledge, I actually don't, um, I didn't. I, after I felt that way about her third book and started dis- distancing myself, yeah. I, I just knew it it was not something that i needed to pursue or have any part in.
0: Okay, so it's almost and like I, you you went to the ocean but you didn't go swimming. You just walked to the edge and were looking around and going, "Oh, this is interesting and this this yeah. is not this is not for me. I'm going to go another way." So that's that's yeah. where that's where you're at.
1: Yeah, i i had even emailed um with Julie Rowe a couple times. About this foundation that she was building. I don't, I don't even remember what it's called. Um, but then. I watched her. In a podcast. Years later. Or a, a later. Um, after I had distanced myself. And I hadn't really had anything to do with them. for or With her or anything for a while. Um, and there was just a difference. In her. The way she spoke. This. I could tell. I mean, the, the spirit wasn't there. The, I mean, this is just my, you know, my own perspective. And I am a member of the church. Um, And it was just void of anything good. And I was just like, ooh, this is yucky. And so that just confirmed that it was the right choice to to not be a part of any of this. So I did, like, you know, the the preparedness thing in visions of glory and in julie rose books i you know i got my 72-hour kit put together which i think you need anyway
0: yeah there's um, nothing wrong with that at all
1: nothing wrong with that and being prepared with you know food storage i i was very i was on disability at the time so and i um i wasn't able to i was worried that i didn't have enough food or whatever but um but i got like these boots for if we went to the mountains like so i did that but that's
0: about the i gotta tell you there's a lot of people who are prepared that that if something does happen they have the stash in their garage there's people that are way more prepared than other people but there are people that feel like if something does happen and nothing crazy but like if some natural disaster or anything happens that they're they're ready so there's nothing wrong with being prepared for for anything um but you didn't so you did what Rex Rex talks a lot about in his uh, book, his latest book that came out about you know listening to your conscience, listening to your your inner whatever that is. And so you actually did that and distanced yourself from what you thought was prideful, ugly doesn't doesn't fit. You had that feeling that you went away from it, where others ignored that because they wanted to have. Fame or pride or whatever right. it was that, you know, they did they Feeling just ignored so- it. Yeah.
1: Being a part of something yeah. greater than their, you know. Um, but that isn't I didn't buy into that. I just wanted to survive. Uh, I was terrified. Um
2: but Trish with your story. Tell us tell us whatever you would like to share about that area yeah. from that point.
1: So that, I mean, um, I had, I have notes. <laughs> so, um, well, I had heard of other NDE books or near-death experience books where they talked about the same thing as Julie Rowe, the tent cities and, you know, being in the mountains. And I don't remember what else, the similarities where that was a little more compelling of, um, is so is this true if there are multiple people who have had the same dreams? That kind of got me. And then I've just had to abandon all of that and just like this doesn't feel right. So I just I just don't I can't continue with this. So um so I did, which I'm really grateful for. Um the community when the kids went missing and when they were found, you know, were I mean just in shock, I think I did I did mention that. Um, it was so sad. And to think that it was happening in our community was just um, was just awful. Um, so it's it's definitely um, stayed with me and I feel this a little bit of a not a connection at all, but like a a kind of a closest to the story just because I did. I did drink some or sip the Kool-Aid, I guess. Um, oh. And then just being in the same community where where the children went missing and were found, I was I went to Lori's trial. I live in Boise now, um, so I was able to attend uh, quite a few days of her trial, and that was interesting, of course, to say the least. But um, and I plan on going to Chad's trial as well. Um, but I do have. Like at the time that this was all happening, I like I am a member of the church. I served a mission, um, but I was dealing with a lot of darkness, just depression. It's inherited and it was situational. Um, grew up in a very abusive household, and I was also dealing with uh, some mental illnesses that were undiagnosed and untreated. and back in um, oh I had a lot of suicidal ideation um a lot and I went to go take my life in two thousand ten and I was at the place where I planned to do it. It was downtown Salt Lake I was living I grew up in Salt Lake at uh, West Valley City so um I was going to massage school and so I took tracks and everything down there near the middle of the night and, was there just staring at all the pills I was going to take and there was just this little voice that so kind and loving that just said don't do it and so I, I called a friend and she took me to her house for a few days and they had alcohol and i that was my first time with alcohol and it took away the desire to take my life. It saved my life for a while at first, and then i I became a severe alcoholic, and just there was so much darkness, and um, I ended up. Um, sorry, I'm looking at my notes. I don't. Um, okay, so I ended up going uh, getting some DUIs. St. Anthony is a town of 3,500 people. So I was um, kind of already known by several that, you know, as one of the town drunks. Um, I got DUIs in 2000. 2000 was a rough year for all of us, right? So, uh, but because it was COVID, they were the jail wasn't taking anybody new. You mean
0: 2020?
1: Did I say, yeah, 2020. Well, sorry, 2000,
0: 2000 was rough for me too. So. I-, <laughs> I was, I was agreeing with the 2000, the year 2000 that, they, that came around. That was rough too. Yeah, you know.
1: I was on my mission. then. But, yeah. uh, anyway, sorry, 2020 was a rough year for all of us. Yeah. So I, and because it was COVID, I, um, they weren't taking anybody. And so I didn't go to jail until I, um, drank again. And Violated my probation and went to jail in February of 2021. I was there for seven months. I am not proud of this, and there's so much more to me than this. But um, they they didn't know what to do with me because I was on oxygen. I have congestive heart failure, so I um, they didn't know what to do with my tubing was a safety hazard, and so I was in segregation, like just on my own in my own little cell uh, for three and a half weeks or so which is awful and i just finally wrote a note and just said i'm i'm gonna break (laughs) mentally if you keep me here so long story short i end up in a little pod with um other people and from there we could see Lori's pod because she was there at the same time um but um we couldn't talk to her or anything she was in a very very small place um
2: but you knew it was Lori Vallow that connected with
1: her. Yeah, we knew it was Lori Vallow, yeah. People would talk about it. Um and anytime you need to walk out of the pod to go to rec or church, um, then you walk past her pod. And so, you know, some some girls would be all tough and just be like, bitch. Yeah, you know, I'm sorry. But you yeah. know, like Hey, I mean, that's add- jail talk. That's jail talk. No, it is sorry. I I apologize. But um, <laughs> uh it so it was interesting but I ended up she ended up going to um I don't know what place it was but for the mental health evaluations and stuff she was gone for a while and I because of my tubing the oxygen and because I snored <laughs> I got kicked out of my pod and I got put into Lori's cell and her, her very tiny pod and I couldn't I know how bored and extremely lonely it gets. Um, so it kind of gave me some compassion, a little bit for her, even though she deserves it. I, you know, I I was in there too for for a few months, and um, anyway, that's jail. I got out of that. I didn't realize the I was diagnosed in jail with borderline personality disorder from childhood trauma. And I have ADHD, and together they mimic the symptoms of bipolar, is what my psychiatrist says. But, and so when I actually got out of jail, um, I, I was put on this medication called Vralar. I am, I will be a spokesperson for life for this thing. It changed my life. The darkness was gone. I had no desire to drink, I had no darkness to drink away. Um, it was, it you think, was
0: you, think they, a- you think they would want to sponsor our podcast? <laughs> <laughs> That's great, right. You could be, you, yeah, could, that- you could do a live commercial for the, it sounds like you, um, sounds like you've had a, a really, um, a struggle in your life with all kinds of things going on with you. And yeah. like a lot of optimists that are listening right now or watching on YouTube, they also in their life have had several things that they have to deal with in life. Yeah. Um, and so it's it's amazing to me that the moment that you are going to take your life, and I I wonder what that would be like um for people that have had suicidal thoughts where you showed up at, at the tracks or wherever you were in Salt Lake with a bottle of pills. And what that moment is like for people that are about to say, okay, this is it, whether they're pulling a gun or whether they're taking pills. And you get to that moment where it's like, this is it. And for you to listen to your internal guidance again, that voice inside you that said, just, you know, don't do this. And you li- actually listen to it instead of doing what other people do, avoid that and, tr- and just keep going. It's a miracle that you're that you're here and you've gone through this, and um, that you're doing, you know, telling people about it. I feel like there's people out there that are listening to this that have been through somewhat of your shoes and been in the same kind of situation. What kind of things do you look for, or what kind of things get you out of your depression? what What's your go to, or what's your what's your mantra of 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 coming out of those kinds of, of mindsets? Besides you know, the drugs, um, besides the drugs, right? Wow. Well, awesome. Um, wow. Well, let's give let's give him another shout out. What's the name of the drug that's got you?
1: Braylar, and really, Brailler. because of Braylar, that I have this like excitement for life again. Um, I, I almost passed away in May of 2022. I had been on the medication for about a month and a half. I um had a respiratory failure. And they just said, they called my mom in Salt Lake and they said, I think we can pull her out of it this time, but I don't know about next time. And I remember coming out of that and being so grateful to be alive for the first time in 15 years, because I can't tell you how many times I screamed, begged, pleaded, just cried out to Heavenly Father to just take me home. Like, I'm homesick, Papa. Just take me home. For so long, and I didn't feel that way anymore. I was, I was alive again. I've been divinely spared many times because of alcohol and because of other things. Um, it's it's been their miracles, their tender mercies. it's been amazing to come out of that and be, and just be so happy to live again. Just, you know, and or live again, but live. continue my life um but what i do now that i'm on that medication and i have this new zest for life i i can't drive right now um so i'm stuck in this i'm in a garage that's my room um but it's very spacious and I, i love it for right now and um i i can't go very many places it's just my health and things like that i go to doctor appointments and that's about it but I, I do crafts. So, might, in fact, they're right here. But I make these fairy houses. I don't know if you can see them.
0: Well, somebody kind of- somebody blurred out your screen so can. it's blurry. Oh,
1: <laughs> yeah, I think it. Yeah. I don't want to show them. But- so,
0: crafts is one of the things that you go to that kind of gets you... Everybody has to have something that they have to look forward to or something that gets them in a good mood. So, crafts is one of the things that you do
1: yeah i make fairy houses and christmas ornaments and things like that my um i'm also a singer um i've been singing since i was three performing
0: what are you gonna sing uh, for us right now
1: i, I was oh
0: no not getting out of it at least <laughs> one no at least one one give said the little stream,
1: <laughs> right um
2: please please I, the lighting doesn't sing anymore <laughs> wait i'm a good singer myself, myself. <laughs> okay. i can break
0: out some <laughs> pearl jam if you want
1: well we could do that no um okay so
0: you don't have to sing i was just kidding. Never,
1: but i'll sing i'll sing a little something i guess
0: right. um, i like it
1: well and congestive heart failure stole my voice so i'm not i was recording professionally and things and i can't do that anymore but yeah. so that's why I'm, I'm not usually nervous but Okay, hold on just a sec. Um, what's,
0: what's your go-to? Is it Whitney Houston, I Will Always Love You? No, I can't. Mariah I can't. Carey.
1: Kidding me? <laughs> uh. No, I write my own little little things. I've recorded a couple CDs. Um,
0: because the reason I'm talking about this is because I know that people that get depressed and people that have, they have to have a go-to. And singing, believe it or not, was one of Lori's things that she loved really, to do. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Right. Um and so I know that, you know, singing. you know, Rex and I, we don't sing because we're terrible. <laughs> and, and I don't know the words to any songs. So that's, that's my biggest problem. But people who do sing, it does something to your soul and your spirit and lifts it. I, I don't know how that works, but I know it works.
1: Well, I think music um, sometimes just explains things or touches your heart in a way that words can't. Um, and whether you can sing well or not in church or wherever you are, you sing your heart out because that no matter how you sound, it is a praise to God and it is a prayer to God or to whoever you believe in or it just does something to your spirit, to your soul yeah. that words can't.
0: Yeah. I just want to bring it up just because i know that this is affecting people that are watching or listening uh when, and you've you've hit so many different things that other people can relate to in their life and you're super brave for coming on the podcast and, and telling us your story and um and helping i think helping some people anything last uh that you want to say rex or to bring up i just want to hear anything
2: else trish from your story Check your notes from your story.
1: Yeah, I, I guess I forgot to say... Um, it looks
2: like, like you just remembered something.
1: Yeah, the Lindsay Blake thing. So, yeah. Lindsay Blake was my prosecuting attorney and Judge Boyce was my judge. And um, Many, on my...
2: When they, you were sent to jail, you're saying.
1: Yes, yeah. So, in my sentencing... um, I was either going to be released on probation, or I was going to go on a rider, which is a six month. You're in, it's prison, but it's a six month treatment program. Though it is, it's still being locked up. So, um, when I got to the sentencing, it was Lindsay, and usually this is the you know your defense attorney that brings this kind of stuff up. But Lindsay, he said um, to Judge Boyce, she said, you know, this is a difficult one, Your Honor. Um, she brought up my childhood, she brought up my mental illness, and she said, I believe there's, that she's drinking to escape what's happened to her, um, and there's more in the community that we haven't tried yet that I think, you know, we need to give her that chance, and just was like, what? Like, blown away, but, and so she... Anyway, I was sentenced, I was let out of jail and uh, for it just with probation. Um, and I'm petitioning the judge to get off probation early because I'm doing so well. My probation officer is like, way to go. Let's get you off. That's a side point. But um, so when I was at Lori's trial, I saw Lindsay, you know, she was in the courtroom and um, I just really wanted to go up and talk to her and so I was encouraged by a couple of the podcasters and um, and reporters that I was just kind of sitting with and talking to and so I went up and I just explained who I was and what she had said in my sentencing and I was just able to thank her for her kindness and her mercy that it changed my life as well that that set me on a path of success and my story, you know, is the story of overcoming darkness, and it's a story of becoming sober, um, of almost losing my life, and waking up and being so happy to be alive um, for the first time in so long. Um, it gave me, it gave me one more day to testify of Christ, one more day to show the love I have for others, and. It's a story of redemption and of the mercy of my Savior. And that's what I want to share with everybody.
0: Love it. And the other thing that, that's remarkable about your story is how grateful you are for other people and other things that have happened in your life. Um, and being having gratitude is huge in, in just waking up every day and knowing, even though you're not in the best circumstances in your life, that... You're grateful for what you do have, and and yes. you know, especially people have been really down windy roads. Um, having that gratitude is a huge uh, plus. So, congratulations on all your success uh, that you've had, and keep going, keep being strong. I think you're doing great.